Welcome to the Wonders of Thedas podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren. <laughs> and and I'm Leona. One of these days I'll get it right. We're going to do this <laughs> once. Just once. Just once. It'll be great. Just once it's going to be. It's going to be real special. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, uh, welcome everybody to episode 75. Uh, this is... It's pretty cool that we've gotten this far. 75 is a big deal. It is. Uh, and actually, uh, one of the exciting things about this particular episode is, first we wanted to go back to Orle uh, for a background, and we had uh, a, let's see, a three-way tie through with all the, all the options we had. Everybody loves Orle. Uh, apparently so. Um, so what we decided to do eventually was, uh, I would look at whichever one that the, the patrons voted most for. So the patrons were the tiebreakers. So today we'll be talking about the Orlesian yeah. noble. Orlesians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I apologize if I'm coughing or if I sound a little hoarse. I've been taking lots of, I'd say just like, just like the last time I was in here. I've been taking a bunch of lozenges, so I think I should be okay for tonight. All uh, right. And unfortunately, Jessica will not be with us because she's got to be up super early, and she's also having uh, let's see issues uh, let's see, with with talking. We are just you know we are just a pair. Right. And right now is super late. Yeah. So we're gonna just go straight into it, so we don't have to stay up too late. Uh, but we got lots of cool stuff to talk about. So, first, we're going to start with uh, the D20 Radio shout-out. Uh, this time, we'll be talking about a trio of podcasts who, uh, if I'm not mistaken, <clears throat> I, I, feel, I feel pretty confident, are run by the same people under the name The Geek Pantheon. Uh, these fine folks, uh, Eric, Philip, Jeff, Randy, and Trevor, run a trio of podcasts. The first is The Geek Pantheon, a geekery variety show where they discuss recent geek and fandom news uh, from Pokemon to Hot Wheels, Star Wars to Dungeons and & Dragons, and a little bit of everything in between. Uh, the second is a discussion show about the 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons called The Knowledge Check. Uh, they discuss classes, review adventures, chat about DMing techniques, uh, house rules, and homebrews. And third and finally, they put all this into practice uh, with an actual play show called Eberron Renewed where they play 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. <clears throat> You've got plenty of the show to catch up on if you follow these folks. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram and their website, uh, thegeekpantheon.com. I will check. Hmm. Yes, please. They seem really cool. I haven't uh, gotten into much of their stuff, but I'm always, I'm always down to see more folks doing actual plays. Actual plays are fun. Yes. I'm making one right now. Oops, did I let that slip? Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, um, <clears throat> why don't we go ahead and start our night by consulting our codex? Codex. 
You can ask me questions if you like. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but... Oh, good. Thank you. I'm going to regret this, aren't I? Welcome to the Codex. We've got two questions uh, from Jamie this time around. One that was sent in very recently. Uh, so I, I gave her a response to it, I believe. And then uh, one that was, so it was sent as part of the docket, uh, the very large collection that was sent by Jamie. Thank you very much, Jamie. We appreciate it. Uh, first question from Jamie is, do you utilize maps? What do you use to make your maps? If so, what about battle maps? Uh, or do you prefer the theater of the mind? And I like this question. Hmm. I think it's a very relevant question for an age game, because age does uh, pretty well for theater of the mind. <laughs> and um but my game uses kind of sorry go ahead um where it's we have like the you know it is that the uh, mat mm -hmm. with the squares on it right the battle group. and we is it just, like a like yeah. a wet erase or yeah and then we just draw on it what we like here's a tree like a circle nice and then like there's an outline of like cliffs or something okay so that's about as far as we go in that okay so Fair it's enough. kind of map and kind of theater of the mind okay um i'm always a sucker for a good looking map uh I draw a lot of my own maps, but I end up usually taking a fair amount of time to get some detail on them. Um, <coughs> I use a lot of the uh, wet and dry erase, like, folding mats. Uh, with just, this just got a grid on it, and I can draw stuff on it. Uh, I am, however, a big sucker for uh, printed maps. Uh, laminated ones that can mm -hmm. also uh, accommodate uh, someone drawing on them with wet or dry erase marker. And let's see. Uh, I've also recently collected a very large number of map tiles. Little, uh, um, let's see, little printed mm -hmm. bits that you can actually assemble a map with physically. Uh, I did some, I did, I used it to some clever effects in one of our, uh, one of the things that we recorded for the actual play. I was pretty proud. I stacked them on top of each other to hide stuff. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Um, I think that maps are extremely good for visualization, and a lot of, and at least I know that my players appreciate the tactical challenge and being able to like calculate. Yeah, <coughs> but um, for things like role play and some exploration encounters, theater of their mind usually works just fine. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, thank you, Jamie. Uh, hope that answers. Uh, next question from Jamie as well is, I asked my GM if I could play a, a Kuhn loyal Ben Hasrath spy, and they said that I could. What would your, be your suggestion regarding this, and what kinds of concerns? Thanks. <coughs> I kind of already answered uh, in the email, and I can reiterate a few of them here, in that um, having someone who is still loyal to the Kuhn uh, in your party can have some weird effects that uh, you might want to consider. Like, are they going to try and convert their friends to the Kuhn? <laughs> um, 
are they let's see does the mission that they've been given by the Kuan conflict with what the rest of the party wants are they going to have to make the choice between uh, the Kuan and their friends and which one are they going to pick see I like all of that yes I mean all of it is absolutely <laughs> good uh, it is definitely stuff worth talking about with the GM uh, having someone who is loyal to the Kuan can add a lot uh, you'll definitely want to make sure exactly you'll, everyone gets to iron out what exactly that is and Maybe your fellow players are warned that, hey, my friend might try and get you into the queue and become a, oh, what do they call the, what do they call the folks who w- weren't born into the queue and but came in later? Uh, Is it the Vidithari? I think that's right, yeah. <laughs> that's like the only word coming to mind right now. Yeah, I think you're right. That was the first one that came okay. to my mind. It sounded weird, and it sounded kind of elven to me at first, but maybe I'm just really tired. Yeah. <coughs> maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jamie, thank you for your, uh, thank you for the question. Um, and, of course, all those of you out there, if you have a question about the Dragon Age RPG, whether it's mechanics, build suggestions, questions about lore, clarifications about old episodes, or anything else, send a message to onesthethetispodcast at gmail.com. Send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, or SoundCloud accounts, or send a personal message to Cot the Protector on the Green Running forums, or send a message to Cot or Lise on the D20 radio forums. That's us. That's them. This is we. All right. We're going to s- <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to skip the distant verses this time just because we haven't got anything to share just yet. Um, I have, I have a good feeling that a couple of the folks who've been contributing questions are working on stuff that they're excited to share, but you know, whenever it comes in is when we'll share it. And those of you out there who would like to share stuff with us, you can send it to us through all those channels I just mentioned. Um, or you can just tell us how our dragon, how your dragon age games are going. I love hearing about it. I love hearing about dragon age games. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's it's too late to it's, it's too, too late, late too yeah late for a pun. I'm sorry Jess I'm afraid this is too noble a cause Oh god <laughs> I think Jessica will be happy with me This is the main topic for today Is it fate or chance Uh, I feel proud. I feel proud of this. <laughs> That's how tired I am now that I'm, I'm punning on my show. <laughs> I was trying to think of one, but I think it's too late, and I just couldn't come mm-hmm. up with that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I'm half expecting Jessica to come out of bed and just, like, throw something at me and then go back to sleep. <laughs> Oh, that would be great. Just because she didn't think of it. She didn't think of it first. All right. So, you're an Orlesian noble. Uh, turn to pages 25 to 26 of the core rulebook, and you can see that itself. And um, <laughs> episode 75 is the one where we get to talk about the most exasperating background. Uh, so, what's an Orlesian noble? <sighs> <laughs> right. These people. These people, jeez. Uh, 
I was going through the if wiki. If you're not Orlesian, it's just... People would just say, <coughs> oh, they're Orlesian. Uh, painfully Orlesian. And that explains so much. It does. It really does. You don't really need to say much else. Folks just kind of get it. Um, right. Uh, for a straightforward answer, an Orlesian noble is a member of a noble family from Orle. Uh, but this background makes you among the most powerful people in Thetis. Uh, having influence in one of the two largest and mightiest nations in the Dragon Age setting, um, as well I say two, and then I added two others, uh, other than perhaps like Tevinter and Parvalin. Right. At one point, Orle pretty much controlled all of Thetis. Pretty much. And I mean, that's they 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 have one of the biggest militaries. They're the found let's say they're the the nation where the chantry was in, was established. So they're pretty important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, as an Orlesian noble, have access to the best clothes, the best education, both scholarly and martial pursuits, the best parties, and the ears of the rich and powerful. If you play your cards well, uh, you are also entrenched in the eternal struggles of cloaks, daggers, poisons, insults. And other intrigues that Orlesians refer to as the Grand Game. Uh, yeah, it doesn't it, matter if you're if you want to or not. You are part. You're here, and you're here to stay, and it's rough. <coughs> Whether or not you like it, uh, and if you are lax in your participation, leave yourself too open, you become a liability for your house, and you could lose everything after a particular bad gala. Um. We talk a little bit about Orlais history in the game itself a bit more in episode 47, where we also talk about being an Orlesian exile, someone who has lost the game, for at least for now. Temporarily. <laughs> Temporarily. Incidentally. Or permanently, I, it could be. Yeah, you know, depends on how badly they lost, or how yeah, If they lost the really were. badly, they probably wouldn't be around to play a game, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, who in Dragon Age is this background? Uh, <coughs> the very first person I thought of was Vivienne, but not quite. Uh, not although, quite, no. Although, although she lives the life, uh, she technically have like, the Circle Mage background. Yeah. She... The, the thing with Vivienne is that she does live the life, but she's not... She would never be considered noble by the rest of the noble. Yeah. <laughs> She'd always be an outsider, kind of. Mm-hmm. Don't let her hear me say that, dear God. Oh, God, no. By the maker. <laughs> oh, darling, no. no uh, but one of the best examples, of course, is Empress Celine Valmont I from Dragon Age of Inquisition course. and the Masked Empire, the Empress herself. <laughs> Uh, you could, uh, Gaspard is her cousin, right? Yes. I think. And Florian. Yes. All of the major players in that particular quest. That's one of my favorite quests in Dragon Age, honestly. It's super cool. Wicked Eyes I, and Wicked My Hearts. favorite, uh, I won't say it because it's a, it's a spoiler, sorry. But mm, was, I see. Was... Say it again. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. <clears throat> um, of course, there's uh, 
minor character, but I, I, I immediately, I'd say, but I immediately thought of him was uh, Duke Bastien de Ghislain, Vivian's lover, uh, and apparently, I did not know, head of the Council of Heralds. Yep. That's that's pretty that's pretty important. Uh, and of yeah, course, yeah, and of course, the Marquis of Seralt from Dragon Age: The Last Court browser game, which I know all of you have played. Of course, <laughs> everybody's played. I got a very lukewarm Everybody's ending. played it. <laughs> uh, my ending was pretty much the divine came to visit. She wasn't impressed. She went home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't do very well. <clears throat> One of these days. It was fun, though. It was. It was really interesting. All right. So what does this background do you mechanically? What does it put on that character sheet for you? Uh, naturally, you get a plus one to communication. Because of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> You're going to need it. Uh-huh. Um, <coughs> you get to select either communication etiquette or strength intimidation. Uh, which can help flavor your style in courtly dealings. I personally kind of found the strength intimidation one uh, a little odd. Um, but, you know... I could see an intimidation run. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be able to talk down to you, though so you're less... There it is, you're right. <coughs> That's fair. All right. Uh, you learn how to speak Orlesian and trade tongue right out of the gate. Not many backgrounds get you to start with two languages, so that's pretty sick. Um, you can play as either a rogue or a warrior. Mages can eventually, perhaps, walk in the same circles as Orlesian nobles, as vivi evidenced by someone like Vivienne. Um, <coughs> and even Morrigan. Much to Vivienne's disdain. Mm -hmm. But... Um, if you're a mage, you're probably a circle mage. At least, ideally. If you're an apostate... In Orle, yeah. If you're an apostate, you're probably not meeting up with Orlesian nobles. Unless you hide it real well. <coughs> that could be something fun, especially with the game. Ooh. Yeah, you know, that Somebody would be fun. Somebody finds that out. Mmm... <laughs> They'll be talking about it for months. Yeah. Exactly. All right. The benefits table offers a curious collection of advancements. Most of the focuses are pretty obvious choices for someone of your standing. Cunning and communication focuses and dexterity writing is available as well. The ability advancements allow a bonus to cunning, constitution, or strength, interestingly enough. You can certainly use all of those, and you already did get a boost to communication, so, you know, take whatever you can get. Mm -hmm. Let's see. And, you know, we wouldn't get very far into a discussion about being an Orlesian noble if we didn't talk at least a little bit about the grand game and how you can get it involved in your game. <coughs> oh, goodness. So, in Orlay, the only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about. Uh... How others see you in Orlais is everything, uh, and your Orlesian noble is going to live and die by their reputation. The only real rule of the game is that you win if you can not only get away with something, but make people suspect you with no evidence to prove it was you. They gotta know who won. 
but they can't know well enough that they could actually like get you arrested or something. Let's see. Great players of the game are masters of creating and destroying alliances, amassing resources for emergencies or entertainment, and they always know what to say and when to say it. <clears throat> oh, goodness. Sorry. Uh, it's okay. <coughs> I'm sick. I'm sorry, everybody. This is not supposed to oh, be no. coughing into the microphone ASMR. I'm not even that sick. It's just a tickly throat. Mm. Anyway, uh, Orlesian nobles uh, are the background in the best position to have a campaign just as deadly as any other without rolling for initiative for combat in every session. <coughs> Could maybe roll initiative for some role-playing encounters, but other than that, um, you're as an yeah. Orlesian noble, if you're doing a grand game adventure, you might not do a lot of combat. You trade blows in the salon. Now we use our <laughs> we use our words here. Yes. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Do you folks have you folks gotten to do a lot of intrigue in your your campaigns? We did one campaign that was completely um, an Orlesian game. Oh. Oh man. Yeah, it was good. That sounds fun. Props to my DM for a huge plot twist that neither one of us saw coming. Two players at this point. Ooh. And was completely posted. Oh man. If going back and list and thinking about everything that happened, yeah, of course this is this is the plot twist. Nice. But at the time, we didn't see it. And I just remember sitting there with my jaw on the floor. Nice. When the twist came about, and it was just, uh, There were no words. I couldn't talk for about ten minutes. Oh, man. That sounds like fun. And my friend, who was the other player, she just, like, put her head on the table and was just shaking her head, like, thing. Oh, man. It was good. Man. That sounds good. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. Man, I live for for moments like that. Oh. Oh, (laughs) Great moment. (coughs) We had... Oh, goodness. Yeah, well, that's a different different story. It wasn't an Orlesian one, unfortunately, but it was a really cool twist. I'll 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 talk about it later, some other time. (coughs) But... Uh, people who want intrigue-focused games uh, have plenty to play with in the basket of angry cats that is Orlais. Uh, the grand game can <laughs> That's involve... one way to describe Orlais. <laughs> that was it, was... it came to mind and it made a lot of sense. And there It are makes lot... total sense. They're the really, like, zhuzhi cats with, like, the... It's a, a very poofy and the ones that, like, are bred to not be able to smell or something or to not have a nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, the grand game can involve any of the following, uh, and will include some page numbers, uh, honorifics, 100%, page 317 to 318, titles, pages 318 to 322, uh, 323, organizations from pages 141 to 149, 
Minions for PCs to get some underlings working for you. Page 323 to 326. Uh, masterwork Tools. Since you're going to the Masterwork, uh, let's see, one of those Masterwork fans to get some communication bonuses, check out page 328. Superior Consumables and Impractical Treasures, page 328, 329. Just because it's, you know, uh, not as good as a real sword doesn't mean it doesn't get you some clout in court. And that's what we're here for. It looks pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you and your party make excellent use of the exploration and role-playing stunts on page 133. Uh, read them, learn them, love them. You're going to be using them a lot, probably. As, even just being an Orlesian noble, you'll probably use them a lot anyway. Even if it's not a, even if it's not a particularly game-heavy game. Uh, talents that will definitely come in handy, not only to an Orlesian noble, but to people who are playing the grand game. Things like carousing, command... Uh, contacts I put in there because thematically it's appropriate. Uh, <coughs> it's that one's it was one's always been kind of weird. I had contacts once as a talent, and I just couldn't get it to work. Yeah, it, it's not one of my favorite talents in this game. Mm -hmm. I see what they're like, what they're like trying to go for with it, but a lot of folks have yeah. pointed out that like. That a lot of the things it does are things you would do anyway. That you didn't really need to take a talent right. for. <coughs> right. If it was up to me, I would probably make it uh, a huge collection of like communication-based rerolls. Kind of like, kind of like how uh, like scouting and thievery work. Yeah. Um. So, take a good look at, t at contacts. It. Makes sense for an Orlesian noble to have some contacts, but maybe talk to your GM about how you folks want to make that talent work for you. Uh, or, you know, if they're going to run it by the book, exactly what that means when they read the book, what what exactly that's going to mean for your game. Um, <coughs> obviously, you're going to want intrigue. All the way. Obviously. Uh, linguistics can certainly help uh, if you're dealing with foreign foreign dignitaries or even going abroad yourself. Uh, lore is very excellent. You'll be getting a you as an Orlesian noble. You probably get a, a straight a good education, so <coughs> you can represent that with the lore talent. Uh, the music talent is another weird one because it doesn't do yes, much. it is. <laughs> In Dragon Age core book, it doesn't really do much. Um, Not really, no. If you have access to Blue Rose or the Fantasy Age Companion, consider replacing it with the performance talent, kind of letting the music talent abilities kind of like soak into the performance talent because it's, it's, it's honestly a better talent. Uh, and it will definitely serve you better in a grand game campaign. Oh, goodness. Uh, observation is very good for noticing all them little details. I'm certain that mm -hmm. someone like Briala knows this one. Uh, oh, yeah. Poison making, because, you know, you never know. Uh, it could come in handy. Yeah, you could. Uh, if you took your rogue class, uh, scouting and thievery can certainly help if you're looking to cause some trouble. Uh, and of course, if you really want to cause someone some trouble, take trap making. 
now most of these mechanics can be accessed by any class uh, because participating in the grand game uh, as a specific class is not required. Anybody can really take part in a grand in, a, in an intrigue sort style campaign. However, <coughs> rogues may find that they are a bit more prepared for the grand game. Uh, with powers that reduce the costs of things like exploration stunts uh, and access to the bard specialization, which is a solid choice, both flavor-wise and mechanically, for the grand game. Uh, if you like more information on the bard specialization, you should listen to episode 57, because we do talk about it a bit. Uh, <coughs> I think we talk a little bit more about Orlea in the grand game as well. Uh, but something that it can be something that is specific uh, for this background uh, is that you are a member of a noble family. Uh, so you have a house. Uh, they have a crest. They might have a family motto. Uh, they've got a history. They've got primary businesses that help support their lavish life, lavish lifestyles. Um, maybe specialties in in grand game. Uh, important figures from the house who are revered and emulated by later members or outcasts or great shames of the house uh, or even myths surrounding the house can be really fun to create <coughs> because you are a noble you've got a family behind you so you should sit down with your gm and make that family or uh, you know pick a family that already exists Ooh, or that one too that's always fun like in our orlesian game i actually became a montfort Ooh. And was like a third cousin of. Excellent. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, pick something that's already there. If you want, you know, if you don't want to come up with everything. Right. That sounds fair. You know, I'm my, my character was a third cousin to the Empress. So, nice. I mean, I had a lot to work with, but I still could create. <laughs> things of my own nice having a bit of distance does mean that you get to uh let's see you get to fill in the blanks yourself which is always fun but certainly right. nothing wrong with borrowing what's already there right only so much time of the day <laughs> exactly so like the uh, other character my <laughs> friend she Ooh. um created a whole house nice and family, and she did everything. Nice. Her family was a, they had a shipping business, and yeah. Very she good. did well. Nice. That sounds like a lot of fun. So, uh, let's see, and creating those noble houses is an excellent way to involve organizations in your game. Uh, if maybe some noble houses are feuding with each other and they perform plots against each other, you can represent that with the organizations and plots. Uh, this can help the GM map out the grand game, how it plays in a particular campaign, um, <coughs> adding organizations for other noble houses, underground elements, officials like the Council of Heralds, or even the royal family if the campaign goes that high. Uh, having a family behind you also is going to give you and the GM a cast of characters involved in your adventures. Um, this ensures that it's even the grand game ensures everyone is on their toes and even your own family might, might try to stab you in the back for their own benefit. So be sure to add, okay. use your house to add some color to your campaign. <clears throat> All right. 
I grabbed a bit of uh, stuff from the Dragon Age wiki that made me roll my eyes heavily. Like, God, this is so Orlesian. It's, because <laughs> it's you're, all so Orlesian. It's all so Orlesian. And if you're a noble, we got to talk titles. That they're, they're very important. Mm-hmm. Very important to the Orlesians. <coughs> a little bit of background. Technically, Emperor Dracon I, the founder of the Orlesian Empire, abolished the use of titles uh, besides Lord, Lady, and Emperor because he was worried that all this infighting, trying to claim all these other titles and all these uh, all this one-upmanship was going to tear his nation apart. It didn't work. It actually made things worse uh, because titles are no longer official. Because Orlay. Because Orlay. They could make any titles they wanted. <clears throat> Since it's not official anymore, we can just, I'll just, just call whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> um, the official titles were restored later only to be again by Emperor Raville, uh, who claimed that no noble was the equal of the early imperial family, so those in his presence would only use Lord and Lady. Uh, outside of his presence, things continue with unofficial titles, his decree would stop no one. Because uh, Orlay. Because Orlay. Uh, when Raville passed away, the nobles began to ask for their old titles to be restored. Those who had older titles then uh, claimed the newer lords and ladies should keep these newer titles, naturally, of course, placing them at the bottom of the hierarchy. Uh, civil war would nearly break out over this, but the Council of Heralds would be established to handle the bestowing of titles official and unofficial, and the assassination of Emperor Etienne II would make it clear that courtly titles would be maintained. You know, fun stuff. As you can probably yeah. tell, uh, Orlesians like to sound impressive. Um few things sound quite as impressive as uh, having a herald and ser- announce, announce your entrance into the room and it takes them a full minute to do so. Uh, naturally, this means that titles and honorifics uh, are going to be looked in, should be looked into in running a campaign involving one or more Elysian nobles because those are going to be valuable things. <coughs> Goodness. Titles can be used to denote the courtly standing of a noble, uh, while honorifics can be the unofficial titles bestowed by the nobles or to the nobles, which can of which in these kinds of campaigns can be greater rewards than gold or magic items. People are gonna know your we name. Actually, had one in our game. Ooh. Do you have, remember what? Remember our what it was? other character. She became the lioness of Gavadon. Ooh, fancy. Because we all helped kill a uh, wyvern. Nice. And saved a town. Nice. I see. Yeah. see that's now that no that noble is known for killing a wyvern. How many other nobles can claim that? No one else has that on a roof. Nope. No one else has that. <clears throat> and she's got a great story that goes along with it. Oof. So now everybody gossips about the fact that she killed a wyvern. Very good. Mm-hmm. Ooh. All right. Uh, <clears throat> because uh, we are working on some other stuff, and it's very late, and and, say, and I'm still we're still we're we're both Jessica and I are both still trying to recover from some illness. I was not able to write any plot hooks for this episode. And we threw uh, a couple. That's fair. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> and you shared some lovely anecdotes. Hmm. I'm really curious about that surprise now. 
but I guess uh, it would require some uh, context and some explanation. Yes. <clears throat> I imagine that they were building it up for a while. Oh yeah, it it's the game only took like three sessions. Okay. Um, but it just it. it I would need to tell like a half an hour long story to get <laughs> nice. the full effect of the jaw drop. Oh man, <laughs> I'd love to hear it sometime. That sounds like a lot of fun. One day. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, we both we should probably be getting to bed. Uh, so, uh, thank you, Leona, for joining me. Sorry, it's kind of a sleepy episode today. Thank you for having me again. Sorry it was, you know, short and you know, short, sweet, and to the point. Yeah, yeah. He said we want to talk about Orlesian nobles, and I, I think we gave the folks, people, what they asked for. And uh, honestly, just saying Orlesian, it explains so much. It really does. It really does. Uh,. Now, uh, th so thank you everyone for listening, and uh, if you like what we do, please consider supporting us on our new Patreon. Uh, if you support us with only $3 per month, you get to vote on our Patreon-only poll, which is worth twice as many votes as the other polls. If you support us with $5 a month, you get to hear the episodes a week early on Patreon. Uh, anything you can contribute is appreciated. You can find a link to our Patreon on our blog and in the post for this show. If you'd like to keep up with us, you can follow us on social media. Feel free to leave a comment or a question, or even tell us how your Dragon Age games are going. Uh... <clears throat> feel free to comment on our show on SoundCloud. If you can, please leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. It helps us out. So, this is Ren, wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die. And this is <clears throat> Leona. May the creators guide you on your way. Thank you all so much for listening to the Wonders of Thetis podcast. We'll catch you next time. Bye! Bye!